Sometimes you think you need morals to help the world be what it should be. But you realize morals are there to help you be you. This is the Wayward Podcast. Okay. Okay. Ooh, hi, Brianna Buckmaster. Hello, Kim Rhodes. I'm glad. It's so funny. While in this closet, you think that you're going to start to fade out because you slowly lose oxygen. Oh, yeah. We probably should. Wait, hold on a second. No, no, gonna, it's good. We didn't open Girl. the closet in between. No, I was going to say, while it gets a little, you know, warm in here, I feel like I'm waking up. There. As I had mentioned in the last episode we recorded, I took some um, cough medication last night, which, it, I mean, just, I'm I'm just very sensitive to drugs. <laughs> I don't take drugs. I take, you know, I see a naturopath and I take naturopathic um, supplements and stuff like that, but um, that's about it. So yeah. I took some cough medicine and I'm, it doesn't, it didn't knock me out. It just makes everything a, be a bit foggy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I vaguely, I, I don't even take that anymore. Oh God. It's strong. It's strong, man. Strong enough that they had to ask for my was ID. It, was it Mucinex? NyQuil. Nike. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's, and I just took a half. Like. People boil that and inject it into their veins. Oh God! I don't. Th- I, I don't think that's true. I don't. I, don't <laughs> I mean, but they true. did like ask for my ID when I bought it. Well, yeah. Wow. Because you can make meth out of it. Oh really? I think there's a whole bunch. No, I don't know. I've been out of the drug world for a while, so <laughs> I just talk I just like keep talking really like do, I know what though. I can do. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's good. Fake yeah. it till you make it. Yay! Let's not make drugs. Today. Let's not make drugs today. Yeah, I will only you know take why. it if desperate anymore. I do remember. I do remember this. Side note. Side note. I remember a friend of mine showing up with no eyebrows. <laughs> Oh. When I was in, when I was in, you know, high school, dubious friend of mine, and um, I was like, "What? What happened?" He was like, "Well, because when they say don't mix it in your kitchen, there's a reason. Meth, it, meth labs blow up." Oh wow! Yeah, and I know this from my friend's eyebrows, not from ever watching Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, I love that show. Um, speaking of meth labs, yes. <laughs> That's actually a really good segue. segue. That's a great fucking segue. So this is a topic that I think we came up with that we were potentially going to use for the live record, and we didn't end up needing to because our our live studio audience came up with some kind of brilliant ideas for topics that we ended up using. But we wanted to talk about morals today. The Mm -hmm. big uh, quote, whoosh, quote, morals. Morals, yeah. So now you had brought up this topic. I'm curious as to... What made you think about it? Uh, just moving through this world right now. And um, it was specifically, I just, what is the point of moral superiority? Yes. I'm seeing a lot of, because I have feels about this, mm. I am right. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between, I want to see if we can, it's a little heady, and um, I'm using my hands, which is already bad because this is a podcast and you can't see me gesturing, but I'm doing the pulling apart taffy gesture. Mm, while she's looking at the floor. I'm you trying can tell to she's pull thinking. things apart because I want to pull apart the concept of being good, good. with being right. Oh, and not bad. Not good versus bad. Not good versus bad. Oh, okay. Go, I mean, good and bad kind of go together on this side okay. where my left hand is gesturing Okay, so you're hard. like, this is the construct of one thing and this is the construct yeah, of another thing. Yeah, I think thing. our concept of morals is supposed to be good and bad, but it's starting to move into, yep. I am right and you are wrong because 
I am morally superior. Yep. And I don't I don't know how that serves us and I don't know how to get out of it. Okay. I'm going to do another thing that I just did is because I have a brilliant quote. So we're going to do a pause thing thing. Oh, thank God. More hold music. You love hold music. I love it so much. So many loops. So many loops. Loops. I'm going to find it and it's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be amazing. Okay, found it. Okay, this is long, and I've posted it before, so bear with me. I'm going to read it out. Um, This was posted by Jamie Lee Curtis. That's how I found it. Um, So many of us have been trained to think that being particular about what we want is indicative of good taste and that not being satisfied. Okay, this I'm realizing is more along the lines. This quote that I'm going to read is less along the lines of morals and more along the lines of being right, which you were talking about. So bear with me and we'll lead on from this. So many of us have been trained to think that being particular about what we want is indicative of good taste and that not being satisfied unless our preferences are met is a sign of worldliness and sophistication. I remember being at a party where a woman wouldn't accept her drink unless it was made with a certain brand of vermouth. She was, in fact, indignant about it. Or going to a dinner with a colleague who had to have his steak prepared in a complex and special way. As if this particular need to be different was his special signature. Or watching very intelligent men and women inscribe their circle of loneliness with criteria for companionship that no one could meet. I used to maintain such a standard of excellence around the sort of art I found acceptable. Often this kind of discernment is seen as having high standards, when in actuality it only means It is only a means of isolating ourselves from being touched by life. While rationalizing that we more that we are more special than those who can meet our very demanding standards. The devastating truth is that excellence can't hold you in the night. And as I learned, when ill, being demanding or sophisticated won't help you survive. A person dying of thirst doesn't ask if the water has chlorine or if it was gathered in the foothills of France. Yet to be accepting of the life that comes our way does not mean denying its difficulties and disappointments. Rather, it means that joy can be found even in hardship, not by demanding that we are treated as special at every turn, but through accepting the demand of the sacred that we treat everything that comes our way as special. Still, we are taught to develop preferences as signs of importance and position. In fact, those who have no preferences, those who are accepting of whatever is placed before them, are often seen as simpletons or bumpkins. However, there is profound innocence in the fact that sages and children alike are easily pleased with what each day gifts them. The further I wake into this life, the more I realize that God is everywhere, and the extraordinary is waiting quietly beneath the skin of all that is ordinary. Light is in both the broken bottle and the diamond, and music is in both the flowing violin and the water dripping from the drainage pipe. Yes, God is under the porch as well as on top of the mountain, and joy is in both the front row and the bleachers if we're willing to be where we are. That was very long. Thank you for staying with me. <laughs> but it was really resounded with me because I have, you know, have had these conversations about not so much morals, but kind of... Um, snobbery and oh um there is a strange 
vibe in in bigger cities than there are in smaller cities. And I live in a fairly big city, which is very different than Los Angeles, but there's a different keeping up with the Joneses there. But the expectation of what is right and what is wrong, no matter where you are, is always seems to be presented by people of privilege and wealth. Oh, that's funny because I completely disagree. Mm. I think that um, there is an expectation of what is right and what is wrong that is also presented by people of no privilege who want to feel better than the people who have privilege. Like, look at those hedonistic fuckers that are out there having sex with each other and making life choices that are bad, mm. making making life choices that are um, illicit or— By their own—is this what you mean, that they're saying that they're I think bad? That there, I think that there or, are people who define others. I think that everybody is capable of using their own moral standard— mm -hmm. To judge and distance themselves yes. from people who have a different moral standard. Mm -hmm. But when is it my job to step in? When is it my job to say, listen, you actually, I get that you have a different belief of what constitutes a happy life for a dog. When is it my job to steal that dog? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, that really gets into judgment, Right. Yeah. And um, and and crossing that line, like it is my moral belief that a dog should not live outside all the time. That's my moral belief. Does that mean that I then have the right to go steal somebody's dog yeah. who doesn't get to go inside? I don't I don't I, I that's when my head blows up. There are people who would say absolutely. Yeah. There are other people who are like, fuck you. My dog's completely happy and he's a guard dog and he wouldn't be very good at being a guard dog if he were inside. So I guess, okay, I'm with you. And I think morals, like, uh, if we're to get into morals, for me, are a total construct. And I think that should be fairly clear because they're so ambivalent depending on who you are. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Is, like, being good and being bad, mm -hmm. is that truly a concept that originates in my head and my heart and, and authenticity? Yeah. Or is there a different bellwether? The word bellwether wants to come up. Is sure. there a different barometer? Is there a different measuring standard that I could actually revert to that is better than, is this good? Is this bad? Are you good? Are you bad? Well, I will tell you something that a friend and I came up with. Um, so you know that I have kind of um, uh, uh, a life in the comedy world. And so a lot of my best friends are comedians and improvisers. And when the Me Too movement started to arrive and become extremely prevalent, they were struggling because they were getting called out often for being you know, morally offensive. Mm -hmm. So often that they were kind of afraid to move forward. They didn't know where to go. They don't want to offend people, of course, but they are there. The, the, the you know, moral barometer is so different for everybody, but we are in, as we've mentioned, a call-out culture. And so everybody wants to make sure that you know you've offended them. And yeah. so... 
then the responsibility is then on you. But you are suddenly made responsible for everybody's feelings. And so we kind of, through discussion, made this what felt like a comfortable place to land in going, is everybody present or part of this scenario feeling safe? If they are not feeling safe, if they are feeling in jeopardy, Mm -hmm. then that can be, that's when it can be adjusted. Hmm. 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 Because sometimes when I'm offended by things, it's because of where I'm at in that moment. When people do things that offend me, it's because of, often, not always, it's because of where my morals stand at that moment. But my morals are fluid. They really are. Okay. So let's expand. Let's take a much more um, extreme case. Mm-hmm. So uh, morally, morally, mm-hmm. if you ask me, if I see a person whose body is in jeopardy, that I have the capacity Wait, be more specific. Somebody, Body is somebody who's who's like hanging off of a roof? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm being I'm being I, I'm yes. being general right now because then I will become specific. Oh, I see. Okay. So in general, if you see somebody whose body is in jeopardy of dying and I have the capacity to grant them relief from their experience right now, should I morally do it? Sure. Do I give money? To the guy on the side of the road who's getting grayer and grayer and grayer as his body gets weaker and weaker and weaker every day I see him. Do I do that every day? What's the... Well, here's my answer, which is not the hoosh-hoosh answer. Um, What do those people want? What makes them feel good and what makes you feel good? So, therefore, you in this small space and time are making a tiny little agreement with these strangers going, this is my passing the energy to you or not passing the energy to you. For me, it's all energy again, right? It's all energy and all agreements. I feel like we can only move through this planet by making agreements, making small little contracts with every little body that comes on this planet. And so if you see somebody on the streets who's homeless and they look like $5 would give them what they need and that makes you feel good, then I feel like that's morally right. But I guess the opposite side of that argument would be that they're going to use that to buy drugs and they're perpetuating the drug culture. Is that what you think? I don't know. There okay. are plenty of people that are like, that actually doesn't do anything to help. And But what you just said right there, I think, is, is the crux of what I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. which is my morals have to be about me. Yes. Yes. My morals can't be about, and something as obvious as a person's about to die, mm-hmm. do I do something to help possibly help them not i don't know do they want to die because then i'm invested in whether or not they die then i'm invested in whether or not they when i give someone money i've had people say they're just going to spend it on drugs i'm like have you ever tried to fall asleep on concrete sober who else fucking deserves to be like i don't care once it's given yeah i don't care where it goes because frankly they're whatever the situation is it has been put into your space I think, for a reason. And it is to make a decision. 
And that decision can be that you walk away. That decision can be that you don't. So my morals in general are very, very selfish. They're very because this is what brings me joy in life. Do they're not I very, very well, selfish? No, they're they're ultimately it's because it's what I brings me joy. Now sometimes making creating an environment where another person feels joy mm-hmm. and feels safe, like you were talking about, feels mm-hmm. safety, mm-hmm. actually makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. But that's my goal. Like, yeah. I don't sit... I mean, remember that thing from Friends where Phoebe was like, I'm going to let this bee sting me because it will help him. And that's not self... She was trying to find one nice thing that was self-serving. And then she find out that the bee dies or something after. Yeah. And she was like, no! It's this ridiculous <laughs> notion. We're all like, don't, I don't want to be self-serving. What is wrong with serving thyself? In order to help the planet. Well, I think it's even better because then that other, like, my moral compass Mm -hmm. needs to be, that's the word I was looking for. There you go. uh, Needs to be yours as well. Because if I'm not serving my needs, I need you to adopt my morals so that you can take care of me. Because I'm not making myself feel safe. Oh, I see your point. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I am now going to say, like, the fact is... Like, you become a part of the problem if you are not concerning yourself with yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. 100,000% agree, man. This weird, uh, like, I, I'm going to... I don't know. Is there so many... God I know. Damn, this gray areas. Th- what I feel like when we're actually, like, digging into this is that morals really does create this divisiveness and this duality between people it goes i'm this person and you're not so it creates judgment it separates people it separates societies because nobody's going what do you need from this what okay but also isn't it important within a society to be like stabbing puppies is bad isn't it important okay, within a so society me, to so have that's a, a baseline of, like, this is no-fly zone? Okay, I think that, okay, stabbing puppies, I can't, that's a, that's a big one. But let's say something like there was, my husband was telling me about um, somewhere up north, and I want to say the t- territories, but it might have been, like, Yellowstone Park or something. I don't know. Somewhere that is not Vancouver or Los Angeles. And it was a park <laughs> where they were having a deer problem. And there was too many deer. Yes. And the deer were eating all of the grass. The grass was dying. The trees were dying. The river dried up. It was a problem. So they shipped in all of these coyotes. And suddenly... I think it was wolves. Wolves. Sure, I think it was wolves. They it let, was they let wolves? out a bunch of... Yeah. I think they let out a bunch of... They, they had... The wolves came yeah. in. They took down the deer pot, and all of these beautiful and the owls everything, came in, and, and otters the river are came dead. back. The river, yes, yeah, everything. Okay. The beavers could build their dams. So, and, is yes. that what you were asking me about? Is that you know hmm. the story? Okay, so hmm. I guess the t- my question is: Do you feel like that was wrong because all of these deer were being well, eaten? No. Uh, yeah, let's go down this. Let's go down this road because that's natural consequences. Of authentic free will. I mean, do animals have free will? Blah, 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 blah. But that's natural consequences. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's ever bad to allow something 
to experience a natural consequence. Now that, by many, makes me seem immoral. When I'm like, oh yeah, like what we were talking about earlier. Like, oh yeah, when you have a population Mm -hmm. that you are forcing to live in too small a community without enough resources to keep itself clean, you're going to have a bunch of people get sick. Yep, that's what happens. That was morally correct, even though it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I have a lot of things where I'm like, that is, that's morally correct and it sucks yes you know something isn't bad morally just because it makes me sad and so if emotion gets involved is that then moral or immoral oh yeah i i i don't i my baseline is if it makes me feel sad then it's immoral and that's where the judgment comes in yes so do we think that finding something immoral and being judgmental are the same hmm I think that one's a natural consequence of the other. I think finding something finding something immoral is about me and my reaction. Judging it then makes the other person responsible for my feelings. Exactly. Instead of exploring in myself, what do I do about? I'm trying to think of a scenario where I would find something immoral, and then I'd go, "No, I'm being judgmental." I there's um I was talking to uh, someone recently about. Pan relationships, mm-hmm. poly relationship, poly relationships, mm-hmm. that my training and upbringing could see as immoral. Right, like a a relationship should be two people that are monogamous. Mm-hmm. That is morally right. Whoosh whoosh. Air quotes. Mm-hmm. And yet, if people are all having the same agreement. Mm-hmm in the same relationship and happy and it serves them, then actually they're morally correct. Yeah. But it would be old me. I don't do this anymore because thank you, the listeners out there, you've helped me expand my brain and recognize when I'm being judgmental. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't fucking matter what they do. Are they happy? And that's the other thing. Are they hurting anybody I love? So often we label something as immoral that doesn't affect us. Oh, all the freaking time. Who labels themselves as immoral? Yeah. We only label other people as immoral. immoral. Yeah. And, I mean, there are some times that I will label something as immoral that does affect me, but affects me emotionally. So then I have to go, well, is this immoral? Or are they actually doing the best they can? Yeah. You know? That's the other thing is, like, so much of immorality is just judgment it's judgment and also you know what something that's a lot just, not all of it just a lot now i'm thinking in the political spectrum sure um and something i just said now is hitting me afterwards it's not <laughs> blammo i had a thought uh it's not keeping agreements yes it's, you, it's you're not keeping your word yeah that to me that i was gonna say that amoral that's to me is like when and anything goes sour, and it's political, relationship-wise, um, friendship-wise, um, judgment-wise. Even in those tiny little agreements you have with, like, a homeless person, I had—this <laughs> is uh, this is a intense um, uh, thing, so we can cut this out or not cut this out— um, I had an interaction with a homeless person who I don't know, but has been on my street corner for 10 years. And so I know in that way. 
He always sits on the street corner and he yells at people. And I've given him money before. I've not given him money before. And um, he doesn't remember any of that, of course. He's mentally ill. But he, I was got off the bus and I was waiting to cross the street. And he just yelled, and he was in a walker. He's a big dude. Um, and he's like, give me money. And I went, I don't have any. And he went, come on, it's Christmas. And this is, he just yells at people. And then I, I just shrugged because I was like, I don't want to engage with him. And he said such awful things to me. I'm not sure I want to repeat them, but I'm going to repeat them and then you could ed- edit them out. He said, uh, go fuck yourself. And then I didn't respond to him. And he went, I hope you get breast cancer. And I was just like, and I turned around to him and I didn't, I was like, mm, lower me would like fucking lay into him. But I just turned around and I went, that is an awful thing to say to a person. And then I walked away and I was still so bothered by it. But then I had to go because I was like, that is an awful, awful thing to say to a human being. And then I went, he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. But I was not going to let him just fully get away with that, thinking that he can say that to people. I needed to do something, even if it worked or didn't. For I ne- you. Yeah, for you me. You needed to do something for So in that you. interaction, there was a breach of agreement because I went, I was like, no, I give you money when I have money. People don't have cash on them very often anymore. Um and even if I did, it's my right to say exactly. no. That's an agreement. That's like part of and my And I've morals. said no before, but because you saw me as a woman alone on the streets, you thought you could say something so attacking. And then I made a new agreement of going, you're not allowed to say that to me or anybody. And then that was a new agreement in a way. And because I went, this person's mentally ill. I need to be slightly empathetic towards that, but also let them know that things are not okay. In that tiny little interaction, there was a breaking of a contract and a new contract. And so that's where I think morality lies. And that's where I think judgment and non-judgment lies of going, did we make an agreement? Great. Did you break that agreement? I'm going to call you out on that. So the morality is the agreement. I think so. And the judgment is someone perceiving the agreement broken. Yes. Oh, I think... Did we solve that? I that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good because within that, then we all personally we've got agreements with ourselves. Yep. We've got agreements with how the world should work. Yep. We've just got and the it's more true. we can take responsibility for our expectations, ding 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 ding, ding around those agreements, the more we can stay out of judgment. Oh. God, what just smart. happened? Should we call all of our world leaders and just go, do you guys need to be on our podcast? I think you might. I don't even know anything we said, and yet I feel like we did it. Thank God you recorded it, Kim Rhodes. <laughs> I, have, I have my hands on my hips like when I saw a sperm whale. Yeah. Oh, sperm whale. <laughs> I just barely remember any of that. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what we said, and this is probably going to be a nightmare to edit. But I love you, Brianna. Buckmaster. I love you, Kim Rhodes. Thank <laughs> you.